Hold on. Is this thing stinking mic, dude? I, I've had to work on so many different things for this this microphone. Anyway, welcome. Welcome to Across Pond. My name is Daniel. Today I have the pleasure of speaking with Haley. Haley is honestly just so so great. She she has such amazing uh, experience, such such an amazing life experience with with her travels and uh, with the mental health uh, that she that she struggles with. Man, I, I like here's the thing. I can't even describe. Yeah, it was honestly just such a great time. You know, it was definitely a great coronavirus conversation. So you know, you you just kind of need to talk to someone, and this was that. This was that for me. So. I hope you enjoy this episode of Cross Pond. It, 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 was, it was really good. It, it was phenomenal, if I may say. Hello, Ailey? Hi. Hi, Hi It's really nice to hear from you. It's nice to hear from you, too. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Good. I'm guessing it's what ten o'clock in the morning with you. Uh, yes, it's ten o'clock in the morning. Oh, so you've got your day to come, and I'm already in my pajamas because it's six o'clock in the evening. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean that's nice. I, I'm one of those guys who loves to sit in my PJs all day, or whatever you call them, my my sleeping clothes. So yeah, absolutely any time. But yeah, six o'clock is definitely PJ time for me. So. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Have have do you uh do you have any plans this week? You just kind of hanging out. I've actually got the week off, which is really really nice. So we were meant to go on holiday this week, but because of um, the COVID situation, we can't go, which is a shame. So we we're going to go with my family and my little nephews, but it's a rule of six at the moment, and there would have been eight of us. So oh. yeah. Now it's meant that we've actually had to do all of the house chores and decorating that we've been putting off, but have no excuse not to do. (laughs) (laughs) Are you talking about decorating in terms for like Halloween and stuff? No, we've just moved into a new house. So we bought our first home a couple of them, a couple of weeks ago now. So we're, yeah, just getting around to decorating everything. Nice. Stripping wallpaper and painting. Um, and just generally being an adult, which kind of sucks in a way, but is exciting in other ways as well. <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, congratulations on moving. Oh, thank you. How's your week looking for you? Uh, it's looking like a week. Um, pretty, yeah, yeah pretty basic. Uh, I, I go to work. Um, uh, I work Tuesdays to Fridays um, yes. for 10 hour days. Uh, I deliver oh. packages for Amazon. Awesome. Yeah. How do you find that? So I literally looked up one day on Google delivery jobs because there was a point in time to where I really, really, really just needed to find a job. And I, yeah. couldn't, I couldn't find anything. I had this one job lined up, but the pay was so bad that I just right. couldn't do it. Uh, so, so pretty much what happened is I worked at a retail store um, up until about the end of March, uh, mm-hmm. right before COVID started is when I was like, hey, I'm gonna be starting a new job, so I'm gonna quit this retail job and move to this to this new job, right? The pay was really bad, yeah. but it was a full-time position, and I'm not sure mm-hmm. what, um, I'm, not, I'm not sure how jobs over, over there work, but over here, when you, when you get a full-time position, that's really the only time you can get healthcare benefits. Uh, and I understand right. that you guys have a totally different healthcare system over there, but uh, yeah. so 
I took this full-time job and literally the day that I quit the retail job, the next day I was supposed to start this full-time position, but then COVID hit, I got the call from my new boss saying, hey, you're not fired, but because you're not hired and you would have to do your training, we're going to have to postpone that because of COVID, because of the whole quarantine thing. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and so I, oh my gosh, it was so bad because it, it was literally just like on the flip of a flip of a switch. Like I was supposed to start this job, but then of course it didn't happen. Uh, and so, because yeah. I knew that the pay was bad throughout however long quarantine was, I was like, all right, I need to find a new job. I need to find a new job. Um, but I needed to find something that was full time because, you know, I need healthcare benefits. And yeah. so, and so I, um, I uh, started looking around. I was like, I, I don't know what to do. I'm going to look for, you know, a delivery job. You know, it sounds pretty nice. I like to be yeah. alone. Um, I like mm-hmm. I like listening to podcasts. You know, I like just kind of being on my own. So I was like, well, maybe a delivery yeah. job. So I found one. And uh, long story short, um, the week before I was supposed to start, you know, this this job that I was originally supposed to start, I, I got this delivery job. And um, yeah. oh that's so awesome we sound very similar like i've actually quite enjoyed lockdown in a way because the inner like introvert of me has just thrived it's been so nice i've just been like oh i don't have to go out and see people if i don't want (laughs) to i can just be on my own and chill it's been really nice and now it's just so exhausting so i'm like i have no excuse not to see people (laughs) (laughs) that's so funny I, I love how I love how because um, I've done a few a few uh I don't like to call these interviews but that's usually what they end up turning into so yeah, for lack of a better yeah. term you know an interview uh, but I've done a few of them now and it seems like every person that I've talked to I'm I'm like a spitting image of that person I'm like how are we not brothers or sisters no you know it, it's so it funny insane. so funny yeah have you yeah. um Aww, cool. have you uh done a lot of um like uh hiking and stuff. Uh, since of quarantine or have you just kind of been like are you one of those people who will sit inside because quarantine and I can't go outside at all oh god so I've been a little bit rebellious and I have been out quite a lot so things are obviously very different now than they were at the start of everything so lockdown was very much like you can only leave the house for essential items and your daily exercise well for me like for my mental health and just for my sanity like I needed to get out so yeah I would I go out all the time like I need to be out in the in nature and in the fresh air and things like that and yeah so I've not really been kind of locked down in the house like lots of my friends have and I have so much respect for them but I think it's been really detrimental to their mental health and I know for me I just need to be outside and yeah that's kind of got me through really just where I live is really nice there's lots of nice places to go and walk and things so how about you how have you dealt with it all so um, you know, when lockdown started back in March, uh, there wasn't much I could do, you know, like I said, that whole job that I was supposed to start was like, no, um, because I live in, I live, you know, in the greater Seattle area. And so of course, mm-hmm. um, I, well, I shouldn't say of course, cause you might not know, but when the coronavirus first came to the States, um, yeah. it was the first confirmed case was actually like 30 minutes from me. Like it was really close. 
And at first, I didn't think much of it. I was like, oh, you know, it's probably just like, you know, let, let's just say like the swine flu, you know, or some other virus yeah. that it's going to come and it's probably not going to do much. You know, people didn't really know much about it. So I was like, yeah, whatever. Like I was one of those people who uh, didn't wear masks until like it was mandated because even because okay. I remember when the CDC or the, um, you know, the government pretty much said masks aren't going to do much. I remember them saying that. And everyone was just like, yeah, you know, we're kind of going to just do our own thing. And then when Italy went in lockdown because they're like, no, this is serious. Then I started thinking, maybe this is a little bit more. Um, (laughs) My wife is uh, immunocompromised. And so we didn't try to do too much. We try to stay inside as much as we could because Mm -hmm. I didn't want to go out and get it and then bring it and give it to her. Um, and she didn't want to go out because she didn't want to then get it, give it to me or then give it to her parents or, you know, God forbid, you know, she got it and then died. So we kind of stay inside for the most part. You know, we would go outside because, uh, the government said, Hey, you know, like, it's okay if you go outside, just stay away from Mm -hmm. people, you know, don't touch anything you don't need to touch. Like it it might, because what is it now? Is it an airborne disease now? I think is what it is. But back then they were saying that like it. Yeah, I think that's what they're saying. But then back then they they said like, eh, it doesn't matter. Like you're not going to get it as long as you don't touch something and then touch your eyes oh, or something like that. So yeah. we we try to stay inside, but you know, like we would go to the beach um, a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, nowadays, you know, we just kind of do our own thing. We just wear the mask. You know, like we try and be yeah. respectful of people. It's like the new normal. Scarily yeah. enough, like yeah. it's just oh, I'll grab my keys and I'll grab my mask and I'll head out the door. Like it's quite strange how it has become so second nature now and yeah how we've just kind of adapted to it and it's been really cool actually to see how people have reacted and just like that whole sense of community like I don't know how it's been with you but certainly like around here people have just been unbelievably kind and there was even one morning when I woke up and I opened the door and everybody in my street had a bunch of flowers outside their door that's so it was just sweet. amazing. I know. It was just incredible. And then I don't know if you heard, but every Thursday at the start of lockdown, at eight o'clock, everybody would come out of their houses, stay, stay by their front door, obviously, yeah. and then clap for the NHS. So it just what? kind of brought that whole sense of community and it was just a nationwide thing. Um, it was just so lovely. It really brought everybody together. And I think since then, like I can kind of see people in a bit of a different way. They're like more human. Yeah. And yeah, you just see a kinder side to everybody. People are smiling more at each other. Well, behind their mask, you can yeah. kind of tell <laughs> it. They're smiling and then yeah. like, I don't know. I think it's there's been a lot of positives and obviously so many negatives but I do feel like we've learned so much from it yeah Um, yeah it's been a really interesting year (laughs) it's been so interesting from you know Mm -hmm. even like the the celebrities and stuff that have sadly passed away you know to the coronavirus to all the other like you know theoretical like acts of war and stuff that are going on like the 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 gossip and whatnot it's been such a weird year like I can't think of a year in the I don't know I'll say 16 years that I've been uh you know able to consciously be like hey i'm alive you know like, i can't think of yeah. anything a crazier year I, would I really you can't. do it again would you have this kind of year again Ooh, that's a good question um to be honest i i don't want to say yes because of course mm-hmm. i don't want 
death upon anyone. I would never wish oh, death totally. upon anyone. But if yeah. the coronavirus was aside and like no one would like that wasn't a thing that I would say, yeah, because yeah. I enjoyed being inside. I enjoyed, you know, waking up mm -hmm. and being like, I don't have anything to do. I'm going to play video games or I'm going to watch movies or I'm going to hang out with my wife, you yeah. know, just kind of be there yeah. and be present. Absolutely. Bring everything back to basic. Oh, yeah. And I don't know about you, but I connected with people probably more during lockdown than I do out of lockdown. Like I reconnected with people I've not spoken to in such a long time and like found out things that I really enjoyed doing that I didn't realize. Like I got into painting and just like, I don't know. It was just nice to be at peace a little bit more yeah. and just like you said, not have to get up and go where you can just spend quality time yeah. with like my partner. It was so lovely. And just having that, time it's pretty much been a whole year that we've just spent the two of us and it's been awesome <laughs> yeah I, i've just been like as bad as it sounds i've been thankful that we kind of have this time to just you know slow down you know kind of like what you said you know experiment with different things you know you said you found painting like that's awesome you know yeah. you never probably would have found that you enjoyed painting and, and no, you know absolutely. if this didn't happen yeah, yeah, I'm really thankful for it too, but very much like you, obviously not at the price of other people yeah. being, you know, poorly, but I think a lot of us have really kind of found some positives from it as well. Yeah, yeah. it's it's been good. Um, mm -hmm. Can I ask, uh, with your degree, um, mm. how has that affected... Like, like, of course, I would assume, based on your degree, you know, you, you're probably a teacher. Did you have to yeah. not teach because of that like I, I i and i don't i did read your blog um just a little bit um and just to kind of you know maybe learn a little bit more about you so you know yeah. i had a little bit a little bit of ammo if you will going into this um, and so yeah. i don't want to i don't want to like tell your story but like with your degree yeah. how did that affect you going into like the uh, the lockdown did you did you lose a job you know have you found a way to you know maybe try and make some money on the side with it or like how has that whole thing uh, yeah. developed so I I haven't taught for a couple of years now. Mm -hmm. So I actually um, kind of ended my teaching career about two years ago. And I miss it very, very much. But kind of the current state, I'm so glad that I changed my career choice when I did. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. I have so many friends that are teaching now. And they still had a job when um, lockdown happened um, lots of key worker children still went to school so teachers were still going into schools um, and expected to kind of teach as best they could but essentially for want of a better phrase babysit type of thing yeah. um, so I know that their jobs were safe but I now work at the University of Southampton Mm -hmm. um, and I work within the enabling services, so with students that have disclosed disabilities. And obviously, during that time, it was a very anxiety-provoking time for yeah. those students, yeah. particularly those that are, you know, diagnosed with anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. um, and we were still offering our service, but remotely. So again, for those students that may have a diagnosis of um, Asperger's or autism. You know, it's not the best not being able to be face to face with somebody and read those social cues. And yeah, yeah it's been a very difficult time for, for everybody. Um, I also have been signed off sick as well during coronavirus. So I've been attending a day patient um, support program for my anorexia. Mm -hmm. 
So yeah, it's been a really different time. So I've kind of been dabbling with work, but very much in between my treatment. So I can't truly say what my work would have looked like and how mm. exactly it would have been truly impacted. But I'm kind of back at work in the interim of having um, a hospital admission. Mm-hmm. So I'm working sort of four days a week now and, and everything's still remote. Okay. So it is still very different to how it was sort of in January to March to now. Yeah. So yeah, things are developing. Um, would you say that, or, or I shouldn't say, would you say, um, do you have any idea when uh, quarantine is supposed to be lifted for you guys? Like, have they have they talked about it at all, or has the government said anything? Oh, I mean, it sounds as though it's not lifting, but it's actually they're putting more rules in into place at the moment. So oh, they're shoot. doing sort of localized um, lockdowns. So very much the north of the country is mm-hmm. being affected a lot more than the south at the moment so gotcha. where i am in the south it's just kind of the usual you know ensure you wear a face mask um maximum number of six people in a group but yeah up north it's very much um in localized lockdowns at the moment gotcha um let me ask you this because uh, you said you're doing remote work um with special needs mm-hmm. um Mm-hmm. special needs kids um do you feel that that is and you already kind of hinted at it but i i want to know if there's any other thoughts you have on it do you feel that that works or do you feel like it uh because it's like a screen do you feel like it just doesn't work mm. oh that's a really good question and i think it's a real mixed answer actually okay obviously everything's now remote at university so a lot of the students lectures and seminars they're all remote as well mm-hmm. i don't know how that is over in the states but yeah everything is done remotely um mm-hmm. and i think for certain students that works really well particularly those that are anxious around social situations they find that it's a really good for want of a better phrase mask to hide behind <laughs> yeah, yeah. you can kind of hide behind that camera and yeah that that's really beneficial for them I think for those students that need that face-to-face interaction, it has been a hindrance to them and hasn't been helpful at all. Mm-hmm. I think the students that have those kind of organization and management um, difficulties, that's been a real challenge for them. Yeah. Um, and kind of as a practitioner myself, I find that really, really difficult because I feed off of people's emotions so greatly so not having that contact with the student and having that kind of screen in between us has been a real challenge (laughs) it's not been easy especially with technical difficulties as well it's not been great and you don't really want to probe those kind of personal questions and then your internet breaks out (laughs) and you're like (laughs) oh no did you hear that or are we just having a moment's pause it's really difficult it's not natural (laughs) yeah yeah, um, I know that uh, my brother, uh, younger brother is in uh, college right now or university. And um, mm-hmm. he said that he, he's in one of the states where it's not really affected. The coronavirus hasn't really hit that that uh, area too terribly hard, which is, of course, uh, you know, really good. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and he said that what's happening is some of his classes are online, but then some of right. them, depending on whatever they are, are in class. And right, so okay. it's it's so weird to hear that like they're doing half and half. And then I've heard some mm-hmm. there I've heard some schools like um uh what was it Notre Dame I think it was they had yeah. classes for a week or two 
And then after that, just shut the school down because so many people were already getting right. infected. So it's oh, it's yeah. so hit or miss here. And it's so weird uh, to hear yeah, that, you know, yeah. they're going to be doing this because uh, at least in my experiences and at least in an online class, like you can you can BS that so much. You can like cheat on everything. You know, it's so easy to get around. Um, yeah, absolutely. And so am I right in saying that in the American kind of um, system, do you have a lot more um, ownership on kind of you have to be a lot more involved and participate a lot more in your classes and some of the times that's how you're assessed am i right saying that so yes and no um okay from my experiences going to university i had some teachers that all they would do is they would call your name at the beginning of class to make sure that you're there and then they would lecture for okay. 45 minutes or however long it is and then as soon as the bell rings or as soon as the time hits they're done and they leave yeah so right, okay. so yes uh but then there's also some teachers to where i would have come in and they're like well, i'm not going to give you any homework i'm literally just going to yeah. grade you based on participation based on you answering questions Ooh. based on you you know whatever it is it, it's all participation so yes and no i think it just depends on the teacher um i did go to a smaller university though and so that probably plays a lot into that uh, i would assume yeah. at a larger university you know you have say 500 kids or whatever it is in a in a classroom yeah. it's a little bit harder to to judge that of course yeah yeah so no, that's it just really depends mm, yeah. yeah yeah i really enjoy sort of talking about the similarities and differences between sort of education systems oh, yeah. and, and how it all works it's so interesting um do you know much and it's so funny that uh you talk about education systems because I was actually talking uh, with a buddy earlier today about mm. the German education system. Do you know oh, anything okay. about that? No, enlighten me. What were you kind of discussing? What did you find out? So, and this is, uh, I, I learned this a few years ago. I actually studied abroad in Germany for three months. And so, oh, wow. um, I one, I love Germany. It's one of the most beautiful places mm. I think I've ever been to just because it was the first place oh. I went to outside of the States. And two, yeah. um, this this knowledge um, that I have is kind of old. I'm not sure. Like, I haven't kept up with most of it. So, from my understanding, okay. what they do is they have you, when you're a kid, like a young kid, you know, um, five or six or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. I could be wrong on the, on the uh, ages and stuff. You go to just a normal school. And what they do is right. they test you throughout this school, uh, you know, mm -hmm. whether it be verbal tests or written tests. I'm not too sure how they do it, but they test you somehow. And based on your responses and your answers to those questions, they then kind yeah. of categorize you in one of three different schools. It, it's pretty much, and, and I don't mean to be disrespectful when I say this, but dumb school, yeah. uh, kind of like okay. mediocre school, and then like smart school. If you're in smart school, oh, you're going to go to like, yeah, you're going to go to become like a CEO or like you're going to work, you know, in like the high end stuff, like accounting or oh something. Oh my God. Yeah. So essentially they kind of dictate your life at quite a young yeah. age like that's yeah. a bit mental i mean wow and so that's crazy <laughs> yeah and like i could be totally wrong in all of that but i do remember sitting there and um the teacher that i had was kind of explaining their system to us and i was like i can see where they're coming from because germany is yeah. very culturally focused on being the best that that person can be for the benefit yeah. of the culture 
It makes sense, I, you know, especially given their past, yeah. you know, with with World War Two and, you know, um, you um, know, Hitler and everything kind of just yeah. like destroying that country. Like they have to try and build it up in a way to where it shows, Whoa. hey, you know, like we can hold our own, you know, where we want to try and benefit society. But at the same time, you're 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 choking these kids, uh, you know, exactly. metaphorically. Like, what if you're a late developer? Like, yeah, I used to teach like very young children and yeah like some of them you could see that they've got the potential but they're just not quite there yet yeah and you just think oh just like in a couple of years they'll they'll fly they'll be amazing but yet yeah. they might be put in like the dumb school yeah oh i need to look into that that you, sounds you so interesting and like oh wow the one thing that really irks me about the whole thing is like what about kids with special needs you know, like, of course, yeah. they're not going to excel early on. Well, I shouldn't say that. I don't want to generalize. You know, they might yeah. they might take a lot longer to excel. I have a good, good friend of mine who is actually the best man at my wedding. He has uh -huh. a form of autism. I'm not too sure exactly okay. what it is because he doesn't like to talk about it. But okay. um, he has a form of autism. Like, he excels with math. He is so smart oh. with that. But when it comes to other situations, he's like, and, and I yeah. say this all the time, so I feel comfortable saying this. He's as dumb as a sack of potatoes, you know, like yeah, he, he even yeah, understands that and he laughs about that. Um, mm -hmm. But I say that to say, like, what if he went through the German school system and at a young age, you know, like they said, nah, dude, you're you know, you're, you're not very smart. You know, you're going to be like a janitor for your whole life. But yet he excels at math. So like he could be an mm -hmm. incredible accountant or, you know, like work with aerospace or something like that. But again, like it's just it, it's so weird to see that type that of system so when we're not different. used to it you know no. and like you have emotional intelligence as well so yeah. like a child might not have the you know i don't know the, the clarity of maths or science or that type of thing but you can be like emotionally intelligent oh, yeah. and that's so interesting i oh, am yeah. really, really keen to look into that a little bit more thanks for making me aware of that <laughs> Yeah, of course. I mean, again, I could be wrong in everything I just said, but that's what I remember hearing. <laughs> so take that as you will. I'll have to look into I'll it. I'll take it with a pinch of salt yeah, and I'll look go. into it and get back to you and be like, Daniel, whatever you said was complete and, oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. I could be a total fool. Total fool. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said it very convincingly. So the more confidently you say something, the more people believe it. So I'll believe you right now. Definitely. True, true. <laughs> um, you say that you like to travel. Can you give me some of the places that you've traveled and like what maybe you have learned and some of the experiences that you might want to share or something like that? Definitely. So my first proper experience of traveling was kind of two years into my teaching career. Um, having just left uni, I taught for two years and then I was like, oh, this is what real life's about. I'm not really ready for this yet. So <laughs> I left my first teaching job and I bought a round the world ticket and I traveled to so many different countries so I went to um, America first and nice. I did LA and San Francisco San Diego um, yeah it was absolutely incredible um, and then from there went to Fiji this was never on my list of places to go to I've always mm. never thought I'd go to Fiji yeah. but our uh, traveler um, agent just said oh well we can class it as a stopover and you would literally pay 12 pound to go to Fiji so nice I was just like well looks like we're going to Fiji then yeah. which was absolutely incredible to experience that um from there I went to Australia and lived and worked in Sydney for a about three or four months which was really cool 
um, to kind of experience living and working in a different country. So I did all sorts of work out there. So I worked as an apple picker in Tasmania. What? And then went and did some charity work. So, you know, those really annoying people that try to sign you up to charities on the street. That was me. No, no. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> Um, I'm going back to kind of being an introvert. I don't know why I went for a job where I had to approach people. It was just not the job for me. Oh, that sounds um, awful. <laughs> it was really awful. <laughs> but I was really passionate about the charities. It was very much like Save the Children charities. Yeah, and yeah. Really amazing causes, but just not an amazing job for me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> from Australia, I went to Singapore and we did a bit of Malaysia and then we went to Thailand and we went to Cambodia wow which was absolutely amazing I am an absolute lover of Cambodia it was just the most beautiful country the most beautiful people it was just such an incredible experience um so that was like my first double of traveling and then you get the bug don't you and you're yeah. like i need to do more yeah, yeah. um so i kind of came home and reflected and was like i've not really done any of europe like i live in europe and i've not done any of it mm-hmm. so yeah since then i've been to sort of italy um and spain and france and then i went to laos two years ago and I taught oh teachers out there how to teach and joined um, a charity charity out there and spent the summer working in Laos. And that was just absolutely amazing. So, wow. yeah, I'm so fortunate to have the experiences of travel that I've had. It's been absolutely incredible. Wow, that that's so cool. I, I love talking about travel stories. Um Real, real quick, uh, because I, I'm curious, you know, I, I said mm. or I told you a little bit about German, the German education system. Yeah. Would you be able to tell me a yeah. bit about the Laos uh, education system? Just yeah. a little bit? Absolutely. So it is totally different to how we educate in England. It's very much um, rote learning. So I say you say that type of learning. Okay. Um, it wasn't, I would say, very kind of. Uh, it didn't really take on board how students are differentiated in their learning so it would just be very much focused on one way of learning and Mm. if you haven't got it we move on um so yeah completely completely different they didn't really have very personalized learning or different styles so they would just be yeah I say you Mm. say rather than getting into groups and using partner work and things like that so just That's... a very different way of doing it, really. Yeah. Um, so interesting. So we kind of left leaving our mark on it. And I'm still in touch with the teachers now, which nice. is so lovely. Oh, that's so good. And, um, yeah, they're like, oh, we use the way that you praised your students because they never praised their students either. Mm. Um, and I'm very much a positive praising teacher mm-hmm. so um i can just imagine these teachers in lao now using the like the little rhymes and um sticker charts that i use <laughs> so yeah that's so for good. students is all i say <laughs> that's so good i'm so glad that you're able to kind of bring a little westernization you know to to an yeah. area like that and be able to help yeah. them you know actually educate their kids the right way or you know give them yeah. praise and make them f- make those students feel like they're actually doing something good 
that's so that's so good so good yeah it was such an amazing thing to be a part of I really yeah feel very honored to have been a part of that it was absolutely amazing uh where else would you want to travel like if you had to travel let's just say covid wasn't a thing and you know say you had a a dumb amount of of pounds you know like uh, so much money like you could just go wherever you want and you know stay there for however long you want you know let's let's just say you had to start a trip you know you're making a trip and you you had let's let's say three months i'll give you a three-month window where would you go okay that is the most amazing question and (laughs) i'm so excited to answer it because oh my god (laughs) traveling is just incredible mm-hmm. i think i would start in iceland oh, because yes! it is just completely different yes and you've got to do it once in your life haven't you and see the northern lights and go and watch the whales and just be freezing all the time yes. but i'd love it i just want to experience something completely completely different so oh, yeah. i would definitely go there and then where you've got absolutely freezing cold I then have to go somewhere really hot um and I am such a lover of Asian countries um I just absolutely love the culture and love the people love the food love the way of life so I would have to go to Vietnam I think because Mm. it's one of those countries that I didn't manage to go to on my year of traveling so I would love to experience uh Vietnam Uh. and Real, yeah. real quick. What about because you're actually like the fourth or fifth person that I have talked to that said Vietnam. What a, what about Vietnam? Okay. It's so interesting. Yeah, I have never heard a bad thing about it. Um, everyone that has been has just raved about it. Huh. Um, I think it looks absolutely beautiful, mm-hmm. um, and I would just love to go and explore like the little villages and go in the mountains and yeah. Okay. I don't know. I just there's something that really draws me to that country, and just huh. to go and experience that would be incredible. That's kind of funny because um, maybe it's just like the area that you're in, but over here in the states, I would assume mm. most people would not say Vietnam. Um, I do okay. know that there are people that are like, yeah, I want to go to that general area because the currency exchange or something like that is just insane. Like, um, I if I was to, I and, and I could be wrong right now. Um, yeah. when it comes to the, the currency exchange. But if I was to take, take say, about 15,000 US dollars and I wanted yeah. to go live over in one of those, you know, I'll, I'll say poorer areas, um, mm-hmm. even though it might be beautiful, um, I, could, I could live there for like two years easily just on $15,000 yeah. just because of the, yeah. the exchange and the way their economies work. So yeah. other than that, I, I think most people want to go to Europe, at least over here in the States. Really? I know so many people who are like, I want to go to England. I want to go to Spain. I want to go to Paris. Really? I want to go to Germany. That's so interesting. Yeah. At least but our cultures are like quite similar, aren't they? I mean, they're, they're different, but not <laughs> all that different. Do people kind of not want to experience like something completely out there? So two things one america has no culture <laughs> like we're just a giant hodgepodge of every other culture known to man <laughs> there, we don't have a culture let's be honest um okay but uh, do you not think that's really cool though that there is kind of you're very diverse and i i mean I like I, I mean, like, yes, yes and no. I think the I think the big thing, at least living here and my personal take on it um, is that, yeah, you know, like we have the American culture, but it's very just it's very narcissistic. A lot of people yeah. only really care about themselves. And if you don't give them something, they don't want to have anything to do with you. 
Really? So I, I would say that culturally we don't have like, like for example, if you go to Spain, like you have like a very strong Spanish culture, right? Or if you go to Germany, yeah. you know, it's a very strong German culture and a lot of people have the yeah, same mindset. Okay. I, I mean, like to an extent we have the American culture, but it's just very, very narcissistic and it's very just yeah. money. People don't really care about others, which is really sad. Uh, of course, you know, like with the younger generation coming up and, you know, with yeah. all these different movements that we're having, that's starting yeah. to change a little bit. But so from my personal experience and from my understanding, because I've been I've been all over the states. So I feel like saying this is somewhat accurate. Um, yeah. There's not a lot of what you would think of as culture. No. Okay. There, there's not a lot of cultures what, as the general the general normal sense. Wait, I get that. Th- that doesn't make sense, yeah. but it does. Um, no, no, no. I get that completely. So I think that people want to go visit, you know, Europe because, oh my goodness, it's Europe. Like, that's going to be so cool to visit. So right. I, I, think that's, yeah. I think that's the draw to it. So what would you say England's culture was? So I was in England. Um, I would say that your culture is very... Man, man, what's a, what's a good word to say this? I mean, you guys, I know, I know that at least from the people that I spoke to, a lot of people really care about their sports. Yeah, um, that's I, fair I'm to a, say. Bro, I'm Cricket a, and football, I oh, would I say. I love football. I'm a huge Chelsea supporter. Oh, my gosh. Oh, huge we're going to have to end this call now. All right. Well, it was nice talking to you. <laughs> um I, I don't know. I, I would say that you guys are like, of course, you know, if you're like in London, you know, you might have your snobs and stuff. But I would say a lot of people are just very hospitable. A lot of people nice. are just very for, from at least the people that I met. And I wasn't really yeah. I didn't really go too far out of London. But even some okay. of the people that I met in London, they were just very, very kind. They were very, okay. very sweet, very generous with their time, very yeah. helpful. Um, and you wouldn't get that in the States. A lot of people would be like, piss off, you know, like, ex- excuse me, but like, piss off. Oh, you yeah. need to go to the north like people are just the friendliest people up north really? i absolutely love northerners yeah oh, they, i'll have to do they that can do enough for you they're so like family and friend focused and just warm people oh. yeah i would definitely recommend going to the north of the country and yeah obviously in the south we're very nice as well but <laughs> yeah just in a different way okay. yeah so what brought you to london so this might be a long story, so I want to try and condense it as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, when I studied abroad uh, in Germany, my yeah. the way that the curriculum was set up is that the, um, what we say, the director of the program yeah. wanted us to experience more than learn because he feels that experiencing different cultures and, you know, oh people is God. the best way to learn. And I agree with him. Yeah. Uh, at, at least to an extent, like, you know, if you're trying to learn maths and sciences and all that stuff, like you have to sit down and like read out of a book pretty much. But yeah. if you're trying to learn culture, which is the whole reason that the program was created, you know, Go and he, experience it. <laughs> yeah, you have to experience it. And so what he did yeah. is you would take a class for two weeks and it was four hours okay. a day. And that would consider, yeah. you know, the three credit hours or whatever you need. Um, and then okay. after those two weeks, you would have a week off to go travel wherever you wanted. He wouldn't tell us where to travel. He would he would help us if like we needed help, like, you know, trying to figure out plane tickets or hostels or whatever. But he said, just go ahead and travel wherever you want to go. Just let us know when you're going to be back. If you have any problems, here's my number. Call me and we'll figure it out. Oh, my God. So what we did is um, there's three separate weeks to where I could travel. Um, I traveled with my group to London. 
we we traveled to England. We, we were at London for two days. We stayed close to Hyde Park. Uh, there's a little okay. pub over there. I think it was called Paddington's or something. We stayed there. Um, yeah. And after that, uh, it was like 11 o'clock at night. We hopped on the train. I think it was at, is it King's Cross? Yeah. Um, I think that's where it was. I could be wrong in that. Uh, but we took a train overnight all the way up to Scotland and stayed in Scotland for a day. And then oh, we took wow. a took a plane over to Ireland and stayed in Ireland for a few days. So that oh, was one week. Cool. Yeah, it that's was really so cool. cool. Um, it was so yeah. cool. I loved it. We saw the cliffs and everything, and oh my yeah. goodness, just beautiful. Um, oh, wow. What yeah. an experience. Oh, that it, was, amazing. it was so great. Uh, we had two other weeks. Uh, one of the weeks I did Paris and Switzerland. I took a train all throughout Switzerland. Oh my gosh. Oh, if you wow. haven't been to Switzerland, you have to go to Switzerland. I don't care I if you... I changed my mind about where I would travel. That is another place oh. I really want Oh my goodness, they have, if you want to try, I'm not sure if they still do this, I would assume they do, but they have these passes that you can get. They're, you know, they might be like 200 Czech francs or whatever they're called, whatever currency they use. Um, It's kind of expensive because it's Switzerland, but so worth it. And what it is, is Uh this pass, you can literally get on any train, any bus, and they have boats that you can get on, but you can get on any sort of government uh, not sponsored, but like government ran public transportation with this pass okay. and you can go yeah. wherever you want, whenever you want, as long as there is a uh, a time for the train or the bus to go to and from, you can get on that bus and go to and from oh, anywhere yeah, in the country good. for four days. It is so good. Yeah. It is the best yeah. way to oh, travel. Oh, we're thinking of going to Switzerland for our honeymoon, actually. Oh my goodness. You have so, to do um, it. Yeah. You have oh, to do wow. it. That's really good to know. That's made made our decision even better now. Then definitely. <laughs> if you go to Switzerland, you have to see the Matterhorn. You have to go to Zermatt. Otherwise, you're okay. doing it wrong. It is. Oh okay. my goodness. There is. So so what happens is you pull into the train station, right? There's a little because yeah. uh, it's a ski town. They have a they have a ski lift or a ski train or whatever it is. It takes you up right. to the to the top. You can get on that without skis. You know, it's like seventy whatever their currency is. And it's kind of expensive, but it's so worth it because it takes you all the way to the top of this hill and it just overlooks yeah. all of the Matterhorn and it just overlooks everything. You're like you're like on a peak and you can see 360 degrees around you and it is oh mind-blowing God. how beautiful that area is. Have to do Sold. it. <laughs> that sounds it. incredible. You have to do it. Oh, wow. Good bit of advice there. <laughs> yeah. But I, I've been all over. Uh, well, I shouldn't say all over. I've been to a majority of Europe and, oh, my goodness, it's just yeah. beautiful. The the, the oh, culture wow. and the food and just the people yeah. and the scenery. It's, I wish I could go back. I wish I could move there. <laughs> oh, never say never. You don't know what's kind of going to be true. in the future. That is yeah, true. absolutely. So... Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to cut it off from travel uh, right here, but I do want to give you a little bit of time to kind of explain um, your battle with mental health because I do feel like that is mm-hmm. something that, while it is becoming more and more um, widely accepted, I think is the right term yeah. to say. And now uh, yeah. nowadays, um, it is something that still a lot of people struggle with, and it's still something that yeah. people might just kind of disregard as oh whatever. Like me for like a personal uh, example, I never thought like anxiety was really a thing a couple years ago. I was like nah, it's all in your head. Like you can get over it if you really put your mind to it. And yeah. then over the years, I was like no, that's actually a legitimate thing, and you got to be conscious of it. Yeah. So would you be able to kind of just maybe like 
Uh, of course, however comfortable you are with it, you don't have to go really in depth or, you know, give a ton of detail. You know, of course, this is all about what you're comfortable with. Uh, kind of just like maybe start from the beginning and just kind of go, you know, like what you've battled with and how you've come to terms with it and what you're doing to move forward. Yeah, of course. So, well, I'm now 31. <laughs> I'm 31 <laughs> years old. And I think it's fair to say I've probably had suffered with my mental, mental health for about a third of my life. Mm-hmm. um in various different forms so i have a diagnosis of depression anxiety and anorexia mm-hmm. um and i think they're all things that i'm only really just coming to terms with now mm-hmm. very much like you i didn't really think i had anxiety i thought it was just a haleyism <laughs> but no um i think knowing how to kind of deal with that and cope with that has been a massive struggle um and I would say that really everything came to a head in 2017 really um that was kind of when I decided to end my teaching career um it was really detrimental to my mental health so I've learned a lot through knowing what's good for it and what's not good for it and definitely as much as I loved teaching it was a life choice and not just a career yeah um I was married at the time as well. Um, and I think that was my biggest lesson is that you're battling with a mental health illness and so are the people around you in terms of supporting you with that. Oh, yeah. Some yeah. people have kind of the capabilities and capacity to deal with that and other people just aren't always sure on how to support you in the best way. Um so unfortunately, my my marriage ended, and mm. it was because of my mental health. He just didn't know how to support me with that, and that oh, was I'm obviously sorry. really really tough. But I've learned now that my mental health it definitely has refined me, and I'm trying not to let it define me anymore. Yeah, yeah. So about a year later, I decided to endeavour to have a year of yes, which was when I went to Laos and did my teaching out there. Um, I very much built myself back up again because the year prior to that was just a very, very dark place. Um, I didn't ever think I would get over that. I kind of not only lost my marriage, but my home. And Uh. yeah, it was a really, really dark time, but I like to think I'm a very positive person. And from that, I have learned so much. So yeah, I had my year of yes, where within reason, I said yes to everything. And yeah, took myself to Laos, um, ended my teaching career and started a new career at the university. Mm -hmm. I ran my first 10K. Wow, congrats. (laughs) And um, just kind of went for it and survived, which was amazing. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and I have been a lot more open about my mental health since then because I think as long as we can start educating people and break that stigma, the more we can really challenge people's perception on it and learn that it's okay to be suffering, that just like when you'd have a broken leg there's things that aren't right then you need to talk about it and you know it shouldn't be the elephant in the room it should Mm -hmm. be come on like what's going on what can we do to support with that so yeah since then I have kind of started my own blog and I've really 
felt that that's been a really good outlet to support me with that. Um, I have gone and sought more support. So I'm under an eating disorder service at the moment, um, which is something that I would never have kind of done a couple of years ago, actually admitted that I have anorexia was a massive thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And kind of just through admitting that I've, met some amazing people along the way and that's really given me the confidence to fight this mm-hmm. and I'm now in a place where I'm waiting for a hospital admission because I just want to beat it and I just want to be well I want yeah. to be a mum one day yeah. <laughs> and that's not possible at the moment so mm-hmm. yeah that's pretty much where I'm at I've just kind of accepted it and I'm challenging it and hoping that I will rise above it and recover um real real quick um would you mind if i put your blog in the in the show notes i would love that okay i think that would be really lovely of you thank you all right yeah i just wanted to make sure because of course you know like i said i read through it you know it shows pictures of you know you you know your there's pictures of you there so i just wanted to make sure that like that was okay um yeah that that's crazy uh you're to to hear you and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like, I believe that like acceptance is like, of course, the first steps are really, you know, like trying to beat this mm-hmm. thing. And so to hear mm-hmm. that you're like, yes, you know, I'm anorexic. Like that's something that yeah. I feel a lot of people need to hear because I know from personal examples or excuse me, um, um, goodness, what's that word from, um, anyway, from, from my personal experience, there we go. Um, you know, I, I've, I've suffered, you know, with, with some things like, uh, when I was younger, I was always like really angry and it wasn't until I was like, yeah, you know, you're probably an angry person. That wasn't, you know, until that point, like there was no healing, there was no like trying to get better, you know? So I think that, uh, hearing you say yes, you know, like I have to accept it first. That's great advice for anyone, you know, who might struggle with something. Um, no, absolutely. What would be, and and you don't have to answer this if you don't want to. Um, but uh, last episode that I that I did, I talked to someone who uh, suffered from cerebral palsy, and okay. um, I was like, "What is what is a few things, or what are a few things that you want to experience, but you don't think you ever could, given your your condition?" Mm-hmm. Um, and if I may ask that that same question to you, uh, without being offensive in any way, what would be a few things that you might want to? Uh, experience that you don't think you could or you feel that your mental health might be holding you back on or that is something that I kind of consider a lot actually I'm a very my therapist always says I'm very good at thinking but not doing Um, so I often think about what is it holding me back from doing I think the main thing for me is not just one thing. Yeah. I think for me, it is just being at peace and just Mm. having a carefree day because so much of my day is defined by my illness. People think that it's just about food and it's really not. It's just a constant battle in your head all the time. So I wake up at about half past four in the morning and I'm in a constant state of anxiety of just like, I have to get up. I have to go. I have to get moving. I can't have breakfast until I've done an hour's exercise. Oh man! Um, so I think it's very much just knowing that I'm going to wake up and be at peace is something that I feel is so unachievable at the moment. Wow. <laughs> but something I would love to experience um, and something as simple as kind of going out and just having a meal just because 
Mm. So not having to plan a weeks in advance and like look at and scrutinize the menu and just be completely carefree yeah. would just be wonderful. Even so I love traveling, yeah. but at the moment, like the thought of even going to say Wales. So my fiance and I are off to Wales at the weekend and that's about a five hour journey. Mm-hmm. And I've not slept for the past two weeks oh, because no. I'm so anxious and so worried about sitting in a car for five hours. Ooh. May I Don't ask? ask me. Sorry, like, it's so irrational. It's so irrational. Yeah. Like even saying those words out loud is so irrational. No, that it... It's just knowing that I'm going to be stagnant for five hours and I'm going to have to sit with my feelings for five hours of I need to be moving. I can't have my lunch because I've not earned it. I've not done any exercise to earn this. I'm going to mm. put weight on. <laughs> oh. It's the most irrational thing. No, I, I, I wouldn't say it's irrational. I, I wouldn't say that's irrational at all because I feel that that is a legitimate concern that you have. You know, it, it's not like it. Here's the thing, like the, the one thing that that I constantly or I shouldn't say the one thing, but, you know, something that I constantly think about is like um, you're talking about how that you know like oh my goodness i'm going to sit here and i'm going to put on weight it's not like you're you're being lazy it's like that's something that you're going to do because of you know you, I, i'm not sure what your trip's going to be on but like you're going to go to this trip you know i i wouldn't say that's irrational it's it's you trying to i would almost say you're you're trying to justify this in a way that might be a little twisted if, if i can say that and be respectful yeah. You know, yeah, you're no, just looking absolutely. at it from a different, you're looking at it from a different lens and that's just yeah. really, you know, it, it affects you. But I wouldn't say that's rational at all. I would say that's, that's quite rational. It just, it, it's just your way of looking at the situation is all. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, absolutely. Um, we, yeah, we're off to the mountains at the weekend, which will be oh. lovely. And that's kind of my way of kind of being okay with the situation is knowing that, okay, I'm going to be in the car for five hours but i'll also be hiking the mountains yeah and that's okay yeah so yeah i that's think beautiful. that's such a good question that you asked and i think they are my motivators for recovery is that i want carefree living i yeah. want to just be like yeah let's go and, and have a cocktail and go out for a drink and just be more in the moment yeah it's something that feels very unachievable but something i'd really like to achieve i think yeah um may i ask what is something that you feel helps you with any of these problems i'm sorry not problems but any of these um can i say issues is that is that a right the right word yeah Um, definitely what what would be one of your like things if if i can say things that help you with these issues um and let me give you a little example uh, i spoke with a buddy of mine and he said that he suffered from depression for for a long long time and one thing that he does is he writes uh, a gratitude journal so oh, kind of yeah. kind of going off of that what, what's something that might help you with your anxiety or what's something that might help mm-hmm. you you know realize yes you know i can afford this you know hamburger or you know something that you yeah. enjoy eating i think um definitely along the same lines as as your friends like gratitude journals are so good Mm -hmm. I absolutely love them um so I'm very much a big lover of that I think positive affirmations is something that I really really utilize a lot so um yeah my Pinterest board is just full of (laughs) 
just really positive quotes because if you can't be your own cheerleader then it's really impossible in life to kind of get by <laughs> um and yeah I am absolutely a massive lover of journaling so I will yeah just do a lot of my journal um and get everything out on paper and then I think seeing it in front of you in black and white just makes it feel a lot less scary than thoughts whirring around in your head and that can be really like negative thoughts but it can be really positive so at the end of every week I look at my goals for the next week so I set myself an eating disorder related goal a general goal and a self-care goal Mm. Um, and then I also do my wins of the week so you'll be featuring on that this is my first ever podcast so so yeah you'll be there you'll be in my journal (laughs) Um, and yeah just a lot of reflections I think it's definitely how I I manage my anxiety good wow those uh, like there's something that I definitely overlook and that's something that I overlook is the whole gratitude thing or like saying wins of the week you know anything like that you know as someone who doesn't I wouldn't say I don't suffer from mental health because there are a few times I you know, there there might be some whatever it is and it'll affect me. I, I want to say I'm partially bipolar, but I don't want to say that and be disrespectful mm-hmm. to anyone. It's, I would say, self-diagnosed. Um, and so along the lines of, you know, mental health issues, I, I just never really think of doing something as simple as a gratitude journal or something as, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just and I don't want to say simple to be rude or disrespectful, uh, but I say simple in terms of like, oh, you know, you sit down and you write out something that you're happy yeah. for or, you know, it's doing yeah yeah quick one i i just i never think of stuff like that and so to hear other people doing that it's like man i wonder how my life would change if i just did that even if i don't have the same same mental health issues yeah my goal of the week start journaling Mm -hmm. gratitude journals definitely just pop it on like your bedside table yeah and at the end of every day just it's so i just not normally do very simple things just Mm -hmm. i'm really grateful that my nephew said, I love you at the end of my trip today. That just like melted my heart. I was just like, oh my God, life is good. That's awesome. (laughs) Something as simple as that, definitely. Um, What made you start your blog, if I can ask that? Mm, Are you... uh, Sorry. um, No, it's all good. Uh, I just want to say, are you someone who will use your experiences and what you've learned uh, about your mental illness to try and convey what you want through this blog to try, you know, help someone? Or are you writing the blog to try and maybe, you know, just help you get some stuff off your chest, if if I can say that? I think it's a bit of both. Okay. So I've learned in recovery, you have to be so highly accountable. Mm-hmm. And I think by putting it into a blog, and letting people be aware of my recovery journey has held me that much more accountable. So I keep saying I sort of at the moment I'm waiting for my hospital admission and mm-hmm. I'm very much put it out there on my blog because such a big part of me is so scared to have that, that I know that I would have really just wimped out and been like, no, I'm not going to go into hospital, but now it's out there. I'm like, I have to do this. So that was a massive part of it. Um, and for me, just knowing that maybe if it helps and reaches just one person, mm. then that's really something that I ha- I'm really really grateful for that I'm helping other people. Um, so yeah, it's been a bit of both really. For me, it's so cathartic. I can get everything out there. 
and it's really good for my anxiety as well so yeah I journal and then I blog to kind of manage my anxieties Mm. um and just try and educate others as well um and just yeah learn a lot about the disease myself so I read up a lot about it and I read a, a lot of other people's experiences and a lot of other people's blogs and then I just write my own and um I really enjoy it actually <laughs> it's yeah for me that self-care um yeah. it's just yeah uh and then I, I want to ask one more tough question one more tough mm. one and then and then we're on the the downhill part so it'll be easy from here <laughs> I promise um you, yeah. you talk about your anxiety you know you say that you're going to be going on this trip and you're going to be sitting in a car for five hours and like you're mm. you're losing sleep over this um when I contacted you and said yeah I would love to chat with you were you anxious in the way that were oh man how do i say this um how anxious were you over trying to do something like this because i can only imagine you know how you know worried or or scared you know you might have been to you know mm-hmm. chat with a random stranger on the internet and then he's going mm-hmm. to upload it to the internet so then the entire <laughs> internet can hear it you know like how how did you oh my god the way you're talking about it oh, now i'm so I'm sorry really I'm, I'm so sorry <laughs> no, i didn't i didn't mean it like no, that no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no i'm kidding um i'm a massive believer of the more you do that scares you the less scary they become so that's why I have my like goals of the week mm-hmm. and I have to get myself out of my comfort zone because yeah, it is less scarier and I love people and I love interacting with people as much of an introvert as I am. Like I get a lot from that and I was very anxious, <laughs> but I also use my anxiety to its benefit as well. So actually like having anxiety can be a good thing, mm-hmm. sort of, um, it gives you that adrenaline and yeah, I was anxious and I still very much am very anxious <laughs> talking right now, but my anxiety comes out in the form of not stopping talking, which really annoys my partner quite <laughs> a lot. Um, so yeah, just the more you do that scares you, the less scary it becomes. <laughs> well, if I'm being honest, you know, even when you started talking, I never would have taken you for an anxious person. You just sounded like everything was natural, <laughs> to be honest. Like you, you're very just, you're good at communicating. You do a very good job at, you know, helping to fill in the blanks or the, the blank spaces. And I honestly never would have guessed if, if I literally sat down in a room with you, had no idea who you were, didn't know, you know, <laughs> you suffered from, you know, certain mental health uh, uh, mm-hmm. disorders. I never would have guessed you would have suffered from anxiety. Never would have guessed. Oh, well, thank you very much. <laughs> I think I've developed lots of different coping strategies and mechanisms. But yeah, yeah definitely. I think it's it's been a good kind of journey to get to this point where I am pushing myself a lot more um, and probably am a lot less anxious than I used to be and deal with it in different ways now (laughs) being honest I mean like here's the thing I don't know like I didn't know you either so even before we started I was sitting here I was like man like I hope this goes well you know I hope I can I can convey the right question like I was anxious as well maybe not you know I had my own yeah, I had my own form of uh, of uh, being anxious, and I was like, "Man, I hope this is good." So I, I'm in the same boat with you. <laughs> I'm in the same boat with you. So now the hard questions are over. I won't ask you any more about that. Uh, I do want to say, yeah, uh, yeah while I, while I'm speaking with you here, thank you so much for opening up about no that worries. stuff. I, I can understand. Um, 
to an extent, of course, you know, because I've never had anyone ask me about my problem. I'm so sorry, not problems, but my, um, mm-hmm. can I say baggage? Is that the right word? Yeah, life uh, experiences. Yeah, life experiences. And, yeah. There we go. Um, I've never had anyone ask me about that, uh, especially in this manner. So uh, thank you so much for, for opening up about that and being so transparent about it all and being able to say, you know, like, yeah, I suffer from these things. You know, while they might seem, you know, a little a little weird to some people, like it's very real to me and it and it's really affected my life. Um, so mm-hmm. thank you about that. Um, one more question that I want to ask you. Uh, so, like I said, we're on the downhill. This is an easy one. It, wherever you, you say you want to experience the Northern Lights, what country would you want to visit to experience said Northern Lights? Oh, good question. Well, kind of having heard from you talking about um, Scotland as well, I hear that they're really good there as well. <laughs> and that's not all that far away. Yeah. So possibly, possibly Scotland. Scotland. Man, mm. it, it's beautiful there. My wife and I are going through a... The Harry Potter series uh, right now Amazing. and we got to the third movie we finished the third movie yesterday I mean we've seen it before but she's like oh I want to read the books and then watch the movies and see how they compare so oh, we're doing that yeah and so we just finished the third one I was like where the heck was the third one filmed because it because um like Hogwarts and stuff uh it, it looks like it's almost in maybe like scandinavia just because of how big the mountains are and how it almost looks like you know it's like a fjord or something like that so i looked it up and it's yeah. actually in uh western scotland i was like what no so way. yeah hold on let me look it up right now oh, that's so cool harry potter 3 oh, wow. film locations it's what is it called it's called glencoe that's where the like okay. that's that's the um like where the mountains and stuff are, of course, Hogwarts is like, you know, CGI'd in, but yeah. where the train, the train scenes and everything yeah. and um, the, the, the lakes and, and all that, it's all in Glencoe, Scotland. So if you ever go up to Scotland, oh, go there wow. if you're a huge Harry Potter fan. Amazing. Yeah. That sounds so cool. Even more of a reason to go. <laughs> Even more of a reason. There you go. <laughs> all right. So uh, here um at across the pond what i like to do is i like to give you uh, of course you know the whole episode's about you but i like to try and give the last few minutes or you know 30 seconds or however long you want to take for mm-hmm. you to give a piece of advice to someone um yeah. so what would be it, it doesn't even have to be about anything that we talked about it could literally be you know like i don't know eat an apple a day something something as simple as that <laughs> uh, but what would be a piece of advice that you would be able to say like this has really impacted me this is something that i feel you know you the listener could benefit from what what would that what would that be i think for me it's just knowing that you're enough and like you're not meant to be the finished product yet life is a journey um and it's getting excited about learning how your past experiences and lessons can shape the future you it's all about kind of growing with them and just enjoying life because I'm a big believer in life is truly a gift Mm -hmm. um and just experience it and love it and ride the wave in life I think oh that's beautiful that's beautiful (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, again, thank you so much for for doing this. Uh, I really, honestly, do appreciate uh, appreciate the the hour that you gave me. Um, and thank you so much again for opening up about you know who you are and some of the experiences that you've gone through. It's mm-hmm. it, it with. I hope that this goes without saying, but I will say, you know, like you're you're definitely impacting people. You know, you're you're making a mark on the world, um, and it's going to be a good one. You know, you're helping out so many people with 
uh, you know, when it comes to talking with, you know, people like you said at your work, you know, when it comes to talking to people, uh, special needs people, you know, you're, you're impacting them. You know, everyone who listens to this, you've definitely impacted them. Uh, so I would just encourage you in that way, you know, you're, you're making huge waves and they're great waves. So keep doing whatever you're doing. Thank you so much. It's been awesome talking to you and you keep doing what you're doing as well. Oh, it's you. so cool. Thank, thank you. you so much. It's been really lovely connecting with you today. Yeah, same. Um, I'll let you know. Uh, just a little, little side note. I'll let you know. I'll shoot you another email saying when your episode is live and then I'll link it to you so then you can you can give it a listen to if you want. Um, awesome. And oh, then we'll, that's brilliant. Thank yeah. you. I'll also put your uh, blog in the show notes. So if you get a lot of emails or something, you know where it came from. Just <laughs> saying. Just saying. Thank you. <laughs> uh, of Watch course. this face. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, thank you so much. I really do appreciate your time. I hope you have a, a great oh, week and you have a you. wonderful, beautiful trip uh, with your fiance. Oh, will do. Thank you so, so much, Daniel. Take care. All right. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> you too. Bye. Bye. I love it when people can open up about that stuff, you know, mental health or some sort of physical disability or some sort of, you know, what have you. Be able to open up and just give you some advice and help you get into their life to to help you be able to understand what they think and what they go through and what they do just to try and overcome this thing. It's, oh my goodness. I hope, I hope Haley, you're listening to this. I, re- I really do, you know, wish the best for you. Uh, continue to just kill it. You know, you're, you're destroying this thing in such a beautiful way. I hope you uh, keep going forward. Thank you so much again uh, for, for doing this. And I hope that this didn't cause too much anxiety. I hope now uh, that you can, you can look back and be like, wow, you know, that really helped me. That, that's honestly, uh, when, when I saw, you know, uh, that you suffered from this. I was really hoping that, man, I, I hope that this can help her a little bit. So I hope personally, uh, from, from me to you, that, that this did help you. Across the Pond was produced, recorded, and edited by me, Daniel. The logo was created by Mark. Music was produced by the Black Couch label, featuring solo artist Ollie H. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you feel that this was something that deserved rating, please rate it however you see fit. If you want to contact me, email me at acrosspond01 at gmail.com, or you can find me on Twitter at KingServant. That's K-1-N-G-S-S-E-R-V-A-N-T. Tune in next Sunday for another episode of Across the Pond.